You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Okay, um, like we tried to establish, uh, thank God for the panel discussion on Wednesday and thank God for the panel discussion on Sunday also. They gave us a very good, um, broad understanding and appreciation of the theme and we're able to deal with it from different, you know, dimensions, which I trust that the Holy Spirit is building up to speak to us in our different languages. Amen. That's one of the things we see with the word of God. The man speaking will be speaking and God is interpreting it to you in your own language, provided you came with an open heart. Praise God. And I trust that has already begun to happen. Amen. On Sunday, like I tried to also establish, I want us to understand why this theme, why are we not talking overtake, 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 why this theme? And once again, I want to say that the purpose of this thing is to make sure that we know, that you and I know, not just you, that I know, and I'm focused on what our core assignment or occupation ought to be in every situation and in any situation or circumstance. Praise the Lord. That we should, you know, be focused on what our core assignment, occupation, Ought to be in every circumstance or situation. I just want to take um, a scripture, First Peter four twelve to sixteen. I'm sure it's not a passage that many of us are very familiar with, but it's in the Bible, and we are to declare the whole counsel of God. Amen. Okay, so let's read it. It says, "Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try your neighbor." Eh? <laughs> Okay, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Praise the Lord. He says, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, what you may also be glad with exceeding joy. 14. He says, if you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. 15. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. 16. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be Ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. Praise the Lord, somebody. He says, yet if anyone suffers, the first line, uh, 12 says, he says, beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fairy trial, which is to try you as though somewhat strange thing happened to you. You see, why we're taking this thing is that many things that the Bible says are common when it comes to believers, we think it is strange because we don't know the word. Praise the Lord. We are not embracing the totality of the word. We are not holding to truth. 
when you go to court and you're made to swear, you're made to swear, this that I'm about to say is one, the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God. Now, if the truth is not complete, it's not the truth. If the truth, something is added to it, it's also not the truth. It has to be the truth and the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Praise the Lord. So it says, well, beloved, do not think it's strange. So for us that are Nigerians, the things the church, the Christians are experiencing at this time, it is not a new thing. The early church was persecuted. Praise the Lord. The early church, they suffered a lot of the things we are suffering. People we are taking. When Paul was on his way to, um, to Damascus, he was going to find believers where they were worshiping to take them and take them to prison. Okay? So do not think it's strange concerning this very, you know, trial as though something strange is happening. Then the last verse 16 says, Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, what should happen? He said, let him not be ashamed. You know why we're also looking at this? Because I watch and I observe, and I see that many genuine believers are ashamed because the testimony they have as Christians are not testimonies that are displayed. Nobody gives them mic to share their testimonies. Nobody holds them up and say, you are strong, you are working, it's okay with you. Why? Because they don't have the paraphernalia that men advertise that should be the testimony of a Christian. Whereas this is what the Bible says, say, let him glorify God. In which matter? Like the question some, you know, a brother asked, my wife is any more than me. And she's making hell, you know, home hell for me. Let him glorify God in this matter. He should not be ashamed. Provided he's not a thief. Why are we saying that? Because for the reason of men trying to attain the so-called packaged testimonies that we advertise as Christian, Christian testimonies, many have left the faith. A lot of people who are joining cults are, join, are beginning to get into dubious activities and businesses where Christians who were hearing testimonies, who had heard the word of the Lord, but thought that their own trial is uncommon, that God had forsaken them. But we see from this passage that these men and women are not forsaken. They are in the number. I said, if you suffer with Christ, you will be glorified in the day of Christ. So we do not say that success, God does not give success. But we are saying that is not the only thing God gives. Praise the Lord, somebody. The testimony of the Christian we cannot, you know, overemphasize it, is that God is with you in every situation. It can be in prosperity. It can be in adversity. God's presence in you does not remove adversity. It just makes you triumph over adversity. Praise the Lord. And God's presence in you also in prosperity does not take away prosperity. It just makes you hold your cool. You're humble even though you're prosperous. You're honoring God in that prosperity, in that high place that he puts you. You remain a believer. A sweet spirit is flowing from you. Praise the Lord. So that's why we're looking at it. So we want to be blameless, not necessarily uh, uh, successful. Because the way this word has been carried on, we shift the post. That's why on Sunday I said, my goal is to make you shift your goal, shift your ambition. From being this, don't come and hear me and want to become this. Not even to become married. I'm sorry to say that. 
Because you see, in that pursuit, people have also compromised the faith. And they get married. So we want to achieve something, brethren. We want to achieve something. Why? Because scripture and history show us that success, so-called success, and sin are often in each other's company. Praise God. We, we have a, um, some guy, some brother who was, you know, a part of, he was also a part of this church and um, he's just an interesting brother. Praise the Lord. Someday, you know, he was coming and I called him Ojenga. I didn't mean it, you know. I don't know how the name came out, but I called him Ojenga. But he's a really Ojenga guy. And if you're a neighbor person, you know what Ojenga means. It means someone that visits the prison, not for evangelism. <laughs> That's his in and out. The last time I saw him, I think he was driving either, uh, I, I can't remember, but a very big car. I think whether it was a Bentley, some major car. And I can tell you that guy is dangerous. You get what I'm saying? But the world will call him successful. Success and sin are often in company of each other. We're in Nigeria now. Some people have won primaries, Abby. They are successful. Abby, how did they get it? Did they get it by the will of the people or by coaction and, you know, all kinds of things? So that is what we are learning here. If the church cannot decipher between these things, then there is no hope for the world. Praise the Lord. There is no hope for the world. I mentioned on Sunday about uh, women who go now. You watch the news from time to time and you see them. They say they, they've, they've, uh, police has exposed the baby factory. Have you seen that before? What happens with those baby factories? Some guy, some woman takes young girls who, you know, have gotten pregnant and keeps them. And these women, these young girls have babies for, for her. And then she sells the babies to some women whom... The woman gives injections so that their stomach protrudes and everybody thinks they're pregnant. And then at a point in time, they come and collect one baby so that they can share testimony that they're a mother. That's why I don't want you to learn those things. It's better you go to heaven having only spiritual children than you go to heaven and you have stolen, taken a stolen child. And we call you Mother, mother Mary, Mother Josephine, Mother this. Whereas you are no longer blameless. You see, some of these things you learn them. And I, I was asking the Lord, please, why do I have to teach these things? He said, because you're a teacher of faith. The foundation of what you're learning is faith in God. Because if I believe in God, I will not compromise. The first step to compromise is doubting God. When a man believes in God, he said, he that believes shall not what? Make haste. When you believe, you wait. Praise the Lord, somebody. So we want Christians that are blameless, not successful. It doesn't take away success. Let me make a point here. I said we have scripture and history shows us that success and sin are often in each other's company. But also, can I tell you that blamelessness and excellence and good success always follow each other. When you see a man who is blameless, what you find out is that he will also go on to be excellent in the work he does. Excellent in his ways. You see a sister who is blameless. You see a brother who is blameless. What will follow is excellence. The Bible says, do you see a man who is what? Diligent in his ways. What is going to happen? He won't stand in the background. He won't stand before mean men. You'll find him where? Before kings. 
Blamelessness is going to produce excellence. What I'm trying to say is this. We are not denigrating or depreciating success. We are making the emphasis on the process. Is someone hearing me? As I was preparing this, I said to myself, any child of God, any student, any young man, young woman who is truly born again and pursues blamelessness cannot fail the exams. You're going to stand out. Because you see, listen, the average uh, uh, school curriculum is designed for you to pass. Now, the reason people don't do so well is because of distractions. Okay? Now, if you come into school as a Christian and you know that this is what the word of God says you should do. If you do it, you have more than enough time to study your books. You're going to listen to the teacher. You're going to be, you know, observant and concentrate. When I was in school those days, when the teacher is talking, that's when we jeez. That's when, you know, you make fun of him and all of that. But if you honor the teacher and take his words, just basic, you know, obedience, you're, you're going to find out you're already scaling things. Praise the Lord. So blamelessness, it's going to lead you to good success. Is someone hearing me? In your work, you're, you're an entrepreneur. You work, um, work skilled, skilled work. Blamelessness is going to lead you to good success. I, I'm surprised there, truly. I'm surprised that if anyone who is a member of this church for more than 10 years and you've been in a particular profession and you've not been distinguished. Because if you do what you're learning here, you should stand out. But I'm surprised because I still deal with some of them. One of the ones I tell them, I have, a, you know, maybe artisans here, tailors and all of that. I tell him, if you tell a client, I'm going to finish your cloth and bring it on Tuesday. If by Monday, you know you won't bring it, send him a text. Is someone hearing me? Nobody is going to kill you. So for so, so reasons, I made this com- commitment. I won't be able to make it. If you send that person a text, if he's mad... He can be angry, but I don't think he's mad. He will know that if you plan to just not bring it, you will not even bother sending the text. But do you know what happens? Tuesday will come, they won't bring it, and then they won't answer your call. And then you say you're a Christian. You answered call when they were giving you the work. You answered call when you're collecting money. When the time you promised, not the time they put on you, the time you said I will bring it comes. There's no integrity. Someone gives you work to do. You quote to do this uh, measure of work. For some reason, the money is not enough or something changes. You come back to the person and say, this, this, I, I think our brother Max, you know, mentioned. You, accountability. You see, we should be in a country now where in, in this Abuja, for those of us who came into Abuja in the, you know, 90s. In the 90s, most of the workmen, most of the artisans who were in Abuja, those who ran away from their bosses. So, there were no good workmen. If you met a mechanic, he doesn't know work. Met painter, he doesn't know work. Electrician, nobody knew work. Now, if you're a Christian and you've been in this city, you should be a millionaire. Let me not say billionaire. In any work, if you are doing what you should do, you know why? Because how many of us have dealt with a mechanic and realized that the 10 others I've met have been lying to me? You know such mechanics, you actually give them. When you want to sell your car, you give them. Fine buyer. You find out that you go from dealing with the very area that you dealt with the person to trusting him in other things. How can you be having interactions with people up till now? Nobody's calling you from state house. 
But the reason nobody is coming back is that you have not discharged yourself in a way that you're memorable. Blamelessness. What I'm trying to say is that blamelessness doesn't keep you from success. Praise the Lord. Rather, it will lead you to success. You borrowed money. Some of us here now, nobody can lend us even transport money. Even if they catch you somewhere. Everybody said, I don't have. Because you have always said, I will pay tomorrow. And that tomorrow is by faith. And then you never pay because whatever is of sin is not faith. So you now see a business like we learn, and you now need genuine support to do that business. Nobody's willing to give you because you have just so disappointed. But there are some persons that they borrow money from you. They bring it back. They borrow money. Sometimes you're wishing they'll come and borrow again because you have money you don't want to spend. You need someone to borrow it who will pay back. Okay? So, so this pursuit of blamelessness is a key. It will lead you to prosperity. It will lead you to the good things of life. If you get it right. At the same time, you know, delivering you from the pursuit of an end justifies a means kind of life. Praise the Lord somebody. Okay, let's go to our text. Sorry, that was intro. Our text for the uh, our program was actually taken from Philippians chapter 2. And um, I, I like to read from verse 12. Philippians 2 verse 12 to 16. It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. 16. Holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Praise the Lord. Okay, th this is a letter to the Philippians, and um, the Apostle Paul here is trying to, you know, just bring like a summary and a conclusion, even in the middle of this letter. And he said, therefore, we've learned here that wherever you see therefore in the scriptures, you should see what it is what? Therefore. Amen? And interestingly, in this very chapter 2, the first line begins with a therefore. And we want to go back to that therefore. Therefore, he says, verse 1 says, therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, he says, fulfill my joy. By being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. These are some of the things that are contrary to the things we hear normally. What verse 3 says, well, let nothing be done through what? Selfish ambition. What does it mean? Let nothing be done because I want to do it. It's my turn to be president. Hallelujah. Whose turn is it not in his father's house? The matter is, is it a Nigerian saying it's your turn? Uh -huh. Hallelujah. When you go home now, you can say it's my turn to eat pounded yam. Yes. In your house, Abby. Uh -huh. Okay. So it says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition. The first line says, if there is any consolation in Christ, the Christian is in Christ. The life you live is no longer yours. I think Pastor Moody talked that. He says, I have been what? Crucified with Christ. 
However, nevertheless, I still live. Okay, how is that possible? I've been crucified, but I still live. He says what? He said, but the life I live now is not my life. I live by the faith word of the Son of God. So I live it on behalf. I live it in the strength. I live it by the supply of the Son of God. Therefore, my ambition should be what? His ambition. When you get born again, you pray a prayer. You accept Jesus Christ as what? As Lord and what? Savior. Where do you work, sir? It's a construction company. When you go to work, do you decide what you do? Your supervisor will tell you, this is what I want you to do. When you become a Christian, Jesus tells you what, what he wants you to do. The other day I was remembering, you know, my life. When I got born again, I was so sure God wanted me to be a treasurer. And I'll be sitting at the back of the church. You know, just giving money, you know, give money, let the preachers preach. I'll just go and make money. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm from Anambra. And we, I don't want to say we like money. We make money. It's the richest state in Nigeria. I hope you know that. So, I mean, that was what I wanted for myself. And that was what they used to woo me. I was just firing on God, just make me a treasurer. So, you know, I love you. You're, you're good. You're a wonderful God. This gospel should be spread to the ends of the earth. <laughs> you know, but God had his plan. So, that was my plan. If I were to choose my life, that's what I'll do. Okay? But when God saves you, he saves you to himself. And then he looks into his book. We learned some other time in a few weeks back, a few months back. That before you were formed, what? God had written out the days concerning you. So when he saves you, it's, they go into your records and see what did I create him for? What was he born for? And then God will say, this is the path I've ordained for you. Now, what happens is that if you're yielded and obedient to the Spirit, a journey begins where the Spirit begins to lead you in that path that was ordained for you before the foundation of the earth, before you were even born. Praise the Lord. So when you come into Christianity, be careful about people who tell you to pursue, pursue, pursue. Because that pursuit could completely lead you out of what God's will for you is. Praise the Lord. I'm not saying you should not want to excel. No. At every point in time in life, there is a place you know God has permitted you to be. Amen? And in that place, don't be the least. In that place, be the head. And I give you a simple illustration. Joseph was a dreamer, and his dream said one, he will be above, and his brothers and his parents will do what? Will bow down and, you know, pay obedience to him. Okay? Hallelujah. Now, Joseph finds himself as a slave. There are some of us that, if we were Joseph, every morning when they say, these are your chores, you know, to do in the house, we'll call all the other slaves, say, listen, I'm a jabota. This work they've given, better be doing it. I'm royalty. I know who God says I am. Hallelujah. I'm seated in heaven. I don't sweep floors. They say, it's your turn to wash the toilet. Joseph will say, God forbid I don't mind earthly things. Hallelujah. You know, he could have just, you know, been aloof. But what did the Bible say of Joseph? He so showed himself diligent, exemplary in that lowly place. In that lowly place. He stood out. He stood out not in ruling over the people. He stood out in serving. I pray we find more Christians like that. Who serve. That's the danger. So when conferences are put now... How many times have you seen a servant's conference advertised? 
Every Christian is a leader. Leadership, leaders, 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 leaders. Whereas our master said, the son of man did not come what? He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And then he says, as the father has sent me what? So send I you. So service, service. Everywhere you are, service. You're in the, a place of employment now, serve there. You're in, in a place in the church, serve there. You're a place in the community, serve there. Keep serving, keep serving. Now the God whom you're doing it as unto the Lord is the God who sees all things. The God before whom light and darkness is the same. You might finish doing everything you do. Some of us have worked in organizations where your signature has never entered that work, but your boss signs it and he never makes any contribution. When you just finish, he'll just print it out and sign his name. Abby, God knows, saw him when he was signing and knows he doesn't even know what is there. And that God is what? Faithful. He said, God is not unjust to forget your labor of love. Praise God. Okay, so therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, when I'm in Christ, the truth is this, and it's the right attitude you should get. In Christ, you are satisfied. You are settled. The Christian is settled. You're born again. You're settled. Hallelujah. I'm not looking for something else. Getting Christ has settled me. You know why? Because in Christ, I've been made a joint heir with him. I'm an heir of God. All things are mine. It may not appear so for the next five years or ten years or for the hundred years you may live on earth. But in the kingdom that does not pass away, you have an inheritance that cannot be taken away. Praise the Lord, somebody. So the second therefore that we find there is in verse 9. We're looking at the therefores in this uh, particular uh, verse, chapter. Sorry, The second therefore says, therefore God also has highly exalted him. And giving him the name which is above every name. This therefore is a therefore that you should hold close to your heart. When you listen to sermons like this. Child of God, exaltation comes from God. And you don't even have to apply for the job. Are you with me? When God wants to lift you, he can bypass all those who applied. He can bypass all those who went for the interview. And find you where you are. How many of us know David? David, the father, when they said to the father, shortlist men for this job. He shortlisted seven brothers. When he thought of David, he said, let's not waste the interviewer's time. He didn't bring David at all. But the all did not flow. You know why? Because before then, the eyes of the Lord had found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Listen to me. The pursuit of the Christian should be to qualify, put himself in that position where he's the man after God's heart. Let God's eyes lock on you. It doesn't matter who ignores you. They will make amends. They will make you turn. They will come back for you. Are you getting me? Exaltation. He says, therefore, God has highly. That's what you should be looking for. The exaltation that will come from God. I say it here, and sometimes I thank God for where I, I see these things. I saw some... Um, pastor posted, and I was so happy. The, the pastor posted, uh, let, let me see, I, I wish I could find this, I'll read it for you. So, you know, because sometimes I think I'm, I'm not very well. I saw it and I, I was happy. Okay, this, this is a pastor wrote. Someone told me, and I, I quote, I read, unquote. Someone told me the other day, Pastor, I speak blessings into your ministry. I replied back immediately, blessings come from obedience, not confession. 
This is a prevalent error today. Blessings from God flow out of our relationship and obedience to God. If I am willing and obedient, God will certainly bless me. If I'm willful and rebellious, I'll reap what I sow. You cannot speak a blessing over someone and force God to bless them if they're disobedient to the word of God. Nor can you curse those that are obedient and walking in the blessings of the Lord. You know, people go for service and they take 30 minutes of God's precious time and be speaking over people who you don't know whether they will obey God or not. What are you speaking? Praise the Lord. What he assures us is that you're going to hear a voice behind you when you want to turn to the left or the right. Say what? This is the way walk in it. There is a path of obedience. The Bible calls it the highway of holiness. Even though you're a fool, blessing will catch you there. Hallelujah. Oh yes, that's the way God has put this thing. He has not enlisted man to help him, you know, in some of these things. But men assume those positions. They are blowing, they are sweating, they are vibrating. They get to a point that this week. And then next week, the person does the same thing. Next week, the person, even you that you're there, haven't you wondered? When is this week, this week? God is the promoter. Your focus should be on God. You see, if men can do eye service, you know men can do eye service. I pray that you'll be wise and do God's service. Abby, it's simple now. Eye service is you do for man, Abby. Do it for God. And that one, he will surely reward you. Hallelujah. The last therefore says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always, verse 12, obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Okay. So, therefore, my beloved, what is it? As you have what? Always what? Obeyed. Obedience. Obedience. Each time you read the Bible, each time you attend fellowship, each time you go to, you know, God, even in prayer, whatever, your key is to obey more. Are you with me? He says, therefore, my beloved, as you have what? Always what? Did he say now, stop obeying? Read the rest for me. Not as in my prayer. He said, well, but what? Now, much more in my word, absence. So, much more in my, in my absence. What should you do? Obey more. So, this therefore is talking about what? Obedience yesterday. Obedience today. Obedience when? So, men under authority submit. You come to church. Men that are watching online. Men under authority, summit has passed. What do you do again? You do what you used to do. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. He <laughs> said you must continue to what? Obey. Then the second part of it is where I want us to deal with a bit. It says, walk out. Read it, I can't hear you now. Read it for me. Encourage me. Hallelujah. Now, let, let's uh, uh, touch some scriptures a bit. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians 2 verse 8. Because somebody is going to be referring to that while I deal on this. So let's deal with it first. For by grace you have been saved through faith, right? And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Salvation is the gift of God. In fact, we were not even there when Jesus died for us. Praise the Lord. We heard the story. Okay, so it's like somebody paid for a house. You were not there. You were not born. Then after some time, they say, ah, do you know you have a house in, uh, where do you want to have a house? Ikoi? Leki? Maitama? Do you know you have a house there? And you're shouting, hallelujah, hallelujah. They say they paid for this house in 1957. You were not born then. But it's your own. Hallelujah. That's salvation. We played no part. It's the gift of God. Verse 9, please. It says, it's not of works, lest anyone should boast. So I have this inheritance. I can't boast about it. But it's my own. But look at verse 10. Verse 10 says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for 
Okay. <clears throat> so this house is mine. But they plan that in this house, just like Abuja, there is a purpose for this house. I have to use this house for nursery school. This is what he said I have to use it. But I don't like nursery school. I want to use it as nightclub. What is going to happen? Will the inheritance of the house benefit me? I can't. So I have a house, but because the purpose for which the house was given, I'm not aligning with it. I disqualify myself from being a beneficiary of the house. Not a beneficiary. An enjoyer. Let me use that word. An enjoyer of the house that is my own. So it says, but we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good work, which God prepared beforehand that work. So my salvation is designed that I'll work in a particular manner. Now, picture this now. You know, uh, um, for by grace I've been saved, not of works, you know, um, through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast all of. So, and then I'm saved now, and I bear the stamp of salvation at my back. But everywhere I'm going, I'm doing bad works. Picture it. What do you see now? No, no. What will be the outcome of that? I'm going to make a nonsense. I'm going to bring shame to the name of the one who saved me. I'm going to make salvation unattractive. I'm going to make people say, if not so, born again be. I know one born again. Have you said that before? Did people say, have people said that to you? If not, do you understand? That is what happens when people do not work in this pattern for which they were saved for. So my work does not save me. But when I'm saved, it changes my work. Is someone hearing me? Now, the salvation that does not change my work is a problem. That's why Paul was writing for, to us here now. So he now says here, let's go back to uh, Philippians 2, please. 12. It says, walk out. The word walk out means what? How many of us walk out here? Men, women, you walk out. You see? Everybody has muscles, so I'm sure you know that. But it is how you do what? Walk it that it becomes visible. So walk out. The next line says what? Your own salvation. That's where this trick is. Jesus Christ gave us salvation. The salvation in Christ is a gift to everybody. But the salvation that I'm talking about now is your own. Eh? This one now, you have to work it who? Your own. It's not work out the Father's church salvation. You know some people think they are saved by church. Some people, when they join a particular church, they feel spiritual. Do you know the church I attend deeper? Unfortunately, heaven people, they don't know church. No, in heaven, they don't know church. Work out your own. It's your own. This one is not now the Jesus, he has given us salvation, Abby. But you have your own portion. If you don't work it out, it's not there. Praise the Lord. Work out your own. If I don't work out, you will say, you have the potential. Isn't it what you're going to say? But I can't see it. Work out. Salvation is to be what? Worked out. What does it mean to work? It means to make purposeful effort. There's a purposeful effort to make my salvation. You know, uh, Peter writing says, giving all diligence, do this, 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 to make your calling and election what? Sure. Those people who are writing wrote by the Holy Spirit. Let nobody deceive you that the day you got saved, you can do anything you like. Let me ask you a question. How many people are averagely sincere? Some people are, you know, uh, uh, brutally sincere, but 
Let's leave those people. Averagely sincere. Everybody here is averagely sincere, which means you're reasonable. Okay. Um, how did you come to church today? By public transport, eh? Okay. But do you use Uber sometimes? Who uses Uber sometimes? Eh? Okay. No, you have car now. Someone who doesn't have a car. Okay, someone comes to church today and he used along in Abuja for those who are watching online. Along is where you enter public transport with different people, okay? And you stop here, then you cross the road, enter bus, and you know, you finally make it to church. Then you come to church and, you know, pastor blesses you with five million naira and you have it in a Ghana must go. Are you going to go with along? You came, you, you jump bus, you, you enter Wusetu from Wusetu, you did a beggar junction, beggar junction, you did AYA, AYA, you finished up in Nyanya. Now, that's how you came. But you have been blessed with five million naira. Why won't you go that way? You know why? Something has changed. When salvation hits you, something changes. Are you getting me? Now, somebody who receives that money, Ghana must go, can also go back. What will happen is that what? He's going to lose it. Then what will now mean is that he's not word, walking worthy. He didn't walk worthy of the gift. There is a walking worthy of the gift. Some time ago, somebody in church was blessed with a car. She couldn't drive, so she didn't drive it. She didn't say, it's my car. I must drive it. Are you getting what I'm saying? The, the gift, the endowment of the gift brings a responsibility. There is an appreciation, just like when they lay the marriage. Listen. You, you marry now, and I pray for uh, our single sisters. You're going to, God is going to give you godly husbands in the name of Jesus. Listen, when you marry, you cannot be chick-chatting anyhow. Are you getting me? You, you, some things change. It's a responsibility for the men also. So, things change. When a gift, when an endowment, when you get to a particular point, receive something. You didn't work for it, but the, rest, the receiving... I wanted to speak the recipient, the recipitation of the thing. You know, I want the grammar to carry weight. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, brings a responsibility. He said, work out your own salvation. And you know the other word. He says this with fear and trembling. With fear and trembling means no risks. I tell you here, there's, if I'm listening to someone, it gets to a point I turn off. You know, recently I was reading that uh, it, to be educated means you should be able to listen to whatever someone has to say, you know, without uh, this thing. But I was asking the Holy Spirit, is that right? Because there are some things I shouldn't hear. And the Holy Spirit is just giving me the answer. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It says, the Bible says, guard your heart. Guard your heart with all diligence. Okay, so let them, let the people who are writing that be right. Because I was reading, I was feeling bad. It doesn't mean I'm not educated. I think I'm not educated. Because it's not everything I listen to. Once they start saying one, 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 I just switch off. I turn off. I block. I don't even want to hear it to know that it's wrong. I get what I'm saying. So with fear and trembling means you behave like a bushman. It's like uh, the, the sister. Have you heard the story of the sister? You know, the local sister that was taken to a, a party. You know, school party those days. So the sister was sitting there. And the music started playing. And, you know, the brother moved. I'm coming out. I want to dance. I said, excuse me, dance. The sister looked at her and said, Waka. Excuse you from where to where. <laughs> eh? If it means for me 
to be that local. Let me be. He says with fear and what? Hey, let me be a Jew man. Why is that so? The Bible continues. So I, I tried to define the word, uh, to check the def- definition of the word own here. It says used to emphasize that something belongs to a particular person, not to somebody else. It's your own. This salvation that I'm talking about is your own. On the cross, Jesus died for me. Yes, so, but now he has given it to me. What am I doing with it? It's your own. Praise the Lord. You used to indicate that somebody does something without help or interference. This one is your decision. It's not the one you say, oh, but our pastor said we can drink. Our pastor said we can do this. It's not, the pastor cannot, you know, pastor, where is pastor coming in? How many of us have really been sick? Can anybody help you with sickness? Can anybody help you with pain? These are simple things in life that teach us the spiritual things. No matter how somebody loves you, they can't share your pain with you. All they can be saying is sorry. And then they t- we all tell the lie. I understand how you feel. You don't understand. <laughs> you understand? If the pain comes on you, you will now know. Own, your own means it is yours. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, somebody. Okay. But there is good news there. Amen. That one is scary. Hallelujah. But verse 13 is good news. Look at verse 13. It says, walk out, 12 says, walk out your own salvation with fear and tremble. But 13 says to me, for it is God. Thank God I'm not left to do this on my own. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Yes. He said, for it is God, what? Who works in you and me, what? Both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Let's put our hands together. What a savior. You know the picture I get in this? Personality, a teacher. I remember those days. I don't know whether they still do it. When the teacher will give us assignment or test. And then the teacher will be going around and be saying, no, no, uh, not this. Cancel this. Write it this way. How many remember those? I think he stopped in primary four. (laughs) Hallelujah. So God says to me to do it. And then God comes along me to help me do it. So, how can someone fail? He said, for it is God who works in you, works in me, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Or for his good pleasure. Let's read John 14, 26. Give give it to us in the Amplified, please. He says, but the comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby, let me read it again. But the comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. He said he will do what? He will teach you all things. And he will cause you to recall, will remind you of, bring to your remembrance everything I've told you. Somebody say, thank God for the Holy Spirit. We started the month learning about the Holy Spirit. This is what he does for us. He helps us. He strengthens us. He encourages us. He guides our hands. He does all of that. Hallelujah. But I want you to see something there before we leave it. And we're going to pray when we close, you know, for that help to be more, uh, you know, to be more utilized for us. I want you to see what he does. Or rather, let me ask you, what, what does he do from uh, uh, that verse 13? What does he do? Let's go back to Philippians 2 now. What does he do? What does 
You see, God works in us what? So he does how many things? He does, no, he does two things. The first thing he does is for us to what? To will. Now, let me ask you, can I do if I've not willed? That's the job of the preacher. My job is to make you will the right thing. That's why I'm struggling to reconfigure your mind. Because what I see is that many preachers or many most times, when we teach Christians, we're not teaching them to will the right thing. Listen to me. If my will is to be a billionaire, eh? whatever the Holy Spirit is saying that is not leading me to billions, I won't hear. If my will is to marry and I see that brother, chest like this, nose like this, perfume covering everywhere, I won't be, whatever the Holy Spirit says, I won't be hearing again. I'm just following. The will part is first. If you miss it there, you can get it. And that's where a lot of people miss it. And it's because they're not exposed to sound doctrine. Sound doctrine purifies your will. You might be a Jew man. You might be considered slow. But you will only his will. The Holy Spirit works in you both, first of all, to will. So you desire God's purpose. You desire God's plan. You desire God's glory. You desire God's honor. So in a situation, you're not as the question is, will God be glorified? Will God be glorified? Will God? The Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us, the only thing he does is glorify the Father. So when he's working in you, at every point in time, you're willing what? To glorify the Father. So somebody slaps you. You don't remember you're related to Dick Tiger. How many of us are old enough to... Dick Tiger was the Anthony Joshua of our time. When we were growing up. How many of us know Anthony Joshua? Do you know him? Okay. If you don't know Dick Tiger, you should know Anthony Joshua. Okay, Mike Tyson. But I wanted to use Nigerians. Okay? You don't remember that you can box. Because fighting there, you may be able to beat the man or the person. But will the father be glorified? So the Holy Spirit at that point will walk in you not to will to fight. Do you understand? Now, the next thing is that when he walks in you not to will to fight, he's going to walk in you to be able to step away. And that's the moment he might send a phone, a call might come in. And the business you're looking for, since they will call you, come and pick the offer letter. At that time, you will bless the man who looked for your trouble. You're blessed, yeah? And I wonder what happened to this brother. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. Do you understand what I'm saying? He, but if you can't will, you can't do. Let's rise on our feet. That's why the next part talks about blameless. So you, you will, in no matter the situation, Lord, let me will your will. Nothing else. When, when you have time, meditate on this passage. That's why you find men, find men like Job. Their testimony was blameless. The Bible, did, you know, when people talk about people now and say rich, it irritates my ears. I want to hear that a man is honorable. A man loves his wife. A man is faithful. A man is generous. A man is humble. That's what I want to hear. You know why? Because a lot, kidnappers are making millions. Civil servants are stealing hundreds of billions. And you are telling me rich. Don't mention rich to me. The Bible talks about Job. It says he was blameless. That's what we should look for. When you find that, all the other things will come. Let us lift up our voices. Open our hearts. And say, Lord, Spirit of the living God, 
I can't do this without you. And I thank you for your promise that it is you who works in me both to will. Tonight I'm praying the will part because I know that if I'm willing and obedient, you will help me do it. Help me to will. Change my desire from tonight. No matter, somebody came here in a situation and you had different options, different ways to handle it. But tonight, the Holy Spirit is going to just change your heart. So what you will in that situation is that the Lord be glorified. The Lord be glorified. That the Lord be glorified. We, we sang, I think it was Sinai song, he said, all I see is you. You see? You see? That the Lord be glorified. Let me just see only you. You see, it, it makes things easy when the goal is won. Lord, help me. I know, I know I can't answer some questions. For a stage in my life, brethren, I couldn't answer questions. When I, I resigned my job, I was a chartered accountant. You know, everything was going well. And based on what I was sensing the Lord tell me, I quit my job, you know, and went into business. After a time, things were not going as they should. And when people ask me, so, oh boy, what's your plan? What is going on? I'll just be looking at them like this. I, I, what's, I can't be able to say anything. But what I knew was that God was at work in me. And where I was was where he wanted to be. But it, it couldn't sound nice. There was no way I could paint a nice picture of it. Because if you're living a well-paying, in a good job, a prosperous job, you should have plans. You should be able to say, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to do. This is where I'm going. But I had no such thing. But I just knew that where I am is where he wants me to be tonight i want you to tell the lord let your will be my delight let your will be my delight i thank you for the future you have planned for me but for where i where i am now lord i, I just want to be where you want me to be i just want to be where you are i want to be with you lord i want to be in the center of your will lord help me to choose your will now Help me to be content with your will now. Help me to be satisfied with your will now. Help me not to be overtaken with pressures. Lord, I offload somebody listening to me now. Offload that pressure in the name of Jesus. Take off that pressure in the name of Jesus. By the authority in the word of God, I break off that hold over you. Your will is what I accept. There's somebody coming here sick in the body. No fears. No fears. I know whom I believed. You're a believer. By his stripes you are healed. Hallelujah. Now, I, I, you may not be able to understand all the steps. But let him know that you are, you are content with his way. You are content. You know his power. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or imagine. He can handle it. We started by saying faith brings you to a place of rest. Lord, I enter into that place of rest. My brain is not running to and fro. Thinking what to do, what not to do, what to do, what not to do, what to do, what not to do. I have a father. You'll be glorified in my life, in my confession, in my behavior, in my response, in everything that I do. That I do. Lord, you'll be glorified. You are my God. I worship you. Somebody begin to thank the Holy Spirit because he's going to do all of this. His advocate, his counselor, his teacher, his helper. He's going to help us. And as he helps us, we enter into the place where we are blameless and harmless. And in that position, we are ready. We are ready. Change my heart, oh Lord. Change my goal, oh Lord. Change my pursuit, oh Lord. Somebody here, people are quarreling with you. 
Ask the Lord, let me will your will. I want to be blameless and harmless. That's verse, verse 15. It says that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. So the world is getting wicked, but I will not be tainted. I will not be stained. I will not be degraded. I'm a child of God. That passage says in verse 15, it says that you become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as light. Lord, by your spirit, keep me shining. It's not easy. Somebody's listening to me. And you're a man. But when, according to the way the world says, are you a man? You cannot pay this rent. You cannot do this. Tell them I'm a man in Christ Jesus. Maybe according to the measure of the world, I may not be meet these obligations. But as God lives, who is merciful and gracious, this time shall pass in the name of Jesus Christ. Is somebody hearing me? Because it's going to make you blameless and harmless. And you're going to shine as light in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. The last verse, very important. Verse 16. I want you to look at it on the screen. It says, holding fast the word of life so that I rejoice in the day of Christ. Okay, that is what I'm looking for. It said, so that I may rejoice. So all this Paul is talking about is because he had his eye on what? The day of Christ. Can I tell you something about the day of Christ? As I leave you. 1 Thessalonians 5.2 or 2 Peter 3.10 If you have your Bible there anywhere. 1 Thessalonians 5.2 What does it talk about the day of Christ? It's not by appointment. It says for you yourselves know perfectly that what? That day is going to come as a thief in the night. That's why you have to be blameless. We can't plan for it. It's not Sunday service. Do you understand? You don't plan for the day of Christ. You don't plan and then you get ready, you dress up, you know, and then you're in church, you're smiling. No, no. It, it will come as a thief in the night. That's why we have to be in that state all the time. And Paul says, because if we miss that day, he says, I would have run in vain. That's what he's saying. Verse 16. He says, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain. Or labored in vain. You will make it in the name of Jesus. You will be ready for that day. And before that day you will be victorious. You will be blameless. You will be harmless. You will shine as light. The world is going down but you are going up. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine. Thank you Father. Thank you Lord. For in Jesus Christ's name we pray. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.